You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for March 25th, 2019. On today's show, what a great Nindy showcase that was last week. The crew goes in-depth with Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody, Night Stalkers, and Super Mario Bros. 2. They also discuss in great detail Google Stadia and what this potentially will do to the gaming industry as a whole, as well as our excitement levels on the service. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Did you guys happen to see that uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human are actually coming to PC later this year? What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, two, three, three, actually. Three Sony exclusives heading to PC. But the kicker, the catch, is that they are exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Whoa. That's a cool little partnership right there. Yeah, so what what we know right now is that they are going to be exclusive to Epic for at least 12 months. After those 12 months, they could come to Steam. They could, you know, whatever else. They're not going to release on the Windows Store, but I mean, they'll, they could probably and they probably will come to Steam after uh, 12 months. But I wonder if this is going to open the door maybe in the future for more Sony exclusives releasing on PC. That might be something that's worth keeping an eye on. I don't know, man. That would be cool. I want want Nintendo to do the same. Um, yes, yes, that would be cool if they actually were able to see. And it's funny because, you know, we did a we did a whole flavor text. Oh, man, like probably eight or so weeks ago where we talked about the Epic Game Store versus Steam. And we were wondering, you know, what Epic could do to really change the landscape of gaming on PC, to change things and to actually, you know, take a bit of the pie, so to speak, a piece of the pie from from Valve and Steam. This could be the way to do it by partnering up with these, you know, console manufacturers and platforms that don't traditionally release their games on PC. We know Microsoft does. Microsoft always releases their games on PC because PC for them is just an extension of Xbox. But Sony doesn't do that. Nintendo doesn't do that. So if Epic is able to throw money at them or talk them into it, maybe that is potentially the way that they could do that. It's possible. I mean, everyone's got a price for the million dollar man. (laughs) (laughs) And as we're going to talk about later on, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, it it probably is a good idea. And I think that uh, now I did I did a bit of reading into this and we were potentially going to do this for this week's flavor text, but we're going to do something different. I I did a bit of reading into this, and it seems like it may have been a partnership between a couple different Chinese companies and that it didn't directly involve Sony. But Sony still would have had to give the okay on it. Like they would have said, "Okay, this is fine. But I think the actual deal was made somewhere in China. Hey, that's cool, man. As long as it gets done. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But I think that because of that and because this directly involved Quantic Dream, I don't think we should expect, say, Horizon Zero Dawn or The Last of Us Part Two or Death Stranding. I don't think we should expect anything like that on PC ever, potentially, but realistically, anytime soon. Realistically, let's see how it does. Yeah, I, I think that's going to, you know, obviously dictate a lot of things. Let's if uh, if those three titles sell a lot, 
maybe Sony's like, well, damn, maybe we should start putting out some games on PC if we're missing out on this big amount of money. Say they do an absorbent amount of money, then Sony's gonna be like, well, they might look at this a bit stronger and be like, I wonder if we should maybe try it out with something else <laughs> and be directly involved with this at this time. You know what I mean? Be the ones that are actually making the deal and not some studio or some company over in China. But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games, being recorded three days early this week. Crazy. For those just joining us, I know. (laughs) For those just joining us, welcome home. We talk about current events in the gaming industry and go in depth with the games we've been playing over the past seven days. Joining us on this episode, straight from Cell Block C in the county jail, it's Frank. Onale, Holmes. You know, it's because you're wearing orange, right? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Over there in the booth, if you didn't hear the sound, he is our new sound engineer. Everything you hear is being produced by the guy who, let me say, dude, looks quite dapper in a uh, in an old school hat, as we found out earlier today. It's Shanti. <laughs> hey, it's uh, it, it's sad that I can't use that photo, man. But hey, it was a good photo. You know, they're just not ready. It's OK. Give okay. it some time. Besides, Besides Brian, simmer. Brian, audio podcast. Well, that, audio that, podcast. that is that is true. But uh, look, look for a uh, look for a photo of Sean to debut on our website at some point in the future, because right now, He's just a gnome rogue on the team section. Ooh, 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 maybe something like, you know, some nice tasteful lighting and... Yeah, yeah, it's the best I've ever looked, honestly. The best there ever will be. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I know. Which, by the way, disclaimer, I am not a sound engineer, so if I F this up, (laughs) that's on me. Yeah, That's on me. Y'all be good, you know? Yeah. Uh, Also this week, uh, it's it's like he's not even here because I can barely see him. It's Kyle. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> I changed it. I couldn't. He's actually not here. Uh, we are we are we are we're recording this uh, on on a day where he is currently streaming on Twitch. So uh, good, good, good man for streaming on Twitch. But uh, yeah, we, we decided to do this a couple days early because if we did it on Saturday, it would have just been Frank and myself. And just to get somebody else on the show, it was a good idea to do it early. So we're doing it on Thursday night. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Brian. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out to support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Since Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project for now, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the show. Thanks in advance if you choose to do so. All right. So this past Wednesday, there was a Nindy's showcase for spring 2019. I know we've all had a chance to really watch it. Uh, I watched it several times. First of all, I did a reaction video to it, uh, watched it again when I edited that reaction video, and then I've watched it three more times since. Uh, Sean and Frank, I know you both caught the reaction video at least once. So I want to take a dive into this actual Nindy showcase and just spend a few minutes talking about it because there was some hype worthy stuff shown in that Nindy's direct guys. There was. Oh, absolutely. The first thing I said to you after I watched, it, I was like, OK, Brian, let's do it. What, what's, what's your pick? Yeah. You and I both listed three things that were like, in, in our opinion, were like the uh, the stars of the show, so to speak. It was a 25 minute uh, little showcase. Like I said, I did do a reaction video. If you want to go check that out, it is up on our YouTube channel and it is uh, catching fire. Might I say that thing is doing quite well over the past 24 hours since it's been up. Uh, Sean, what did you think of the direct man? Well, first of all, the reaction video was hilarious because I know you well enough to know when you get boozled pretty hard. 
Yep. And I think that I think that cadence of Hyrule got you pretty good. It got me. I, <laughs> I did not expect that. You know, I thought I thought the direct was good and it had a good flow to it. Like Nintendo's getting really good at these directs when they they come out hot and then they let you cool off a little bit and then they keep hitting you right when you're too cold. You know, so I really enjoyed it. That seems to be their formula now. They open up with something big. This Nindy showcase opened up with Cuphead coming to the Switch, which is a big announcement because it really much con- it, it confirms now the working relationship between Xbox and Nintendo. They name dropped Microsoft during this Nindy showcase yes, they did. and they called them their friends. So and, and, they, and they said Xbox Live integration is coming to Cuphead through the Switch later this year. The Cuphead releases on April 18th for the Switch. So the Xbox Live integration is not going to be there at launch, but it is coming later this year. So that does confirm one of the things that we talked about uh, several weeks ago here at Level Down Games. I believe we did that in a it was either a flavor text or a max level podcast. I can't remember which one, but uh, we went to extend. And I think it may have been both, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, it, it confirms that 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 there is a working relationship between the two. And that's really cool. And I know, Frank, you said you were going to double dip on this and pick up Cuphead on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, fingers crossed, God willing, the multiplayer is going to allow us to be online multiplayer. I, I'll play it for couch co-op because I got a buddy who wants to play it, but I would really love to like play this like when you guys just hop on and switch and just, you know, you play Mugman, I'm Cutman, okay? I'm Batman, you're Robin. Well, I know Kyle said that he has never played Cuphead and he is planning on picking it up on the Switch. Yeah, I've never played it either. I'm super jazzed. I want to get it. And it's I don't know. Jazzy, uh, it, it is. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> I've I've actually finished it on PC, so I'm not sure if I plan on picking it up for a second time on the Switch. But if the three of you guys are, then there's a chance I may as well. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. Considering it, it was a fun game. I do know that much. If you haven't played it yet, I definitely, definitely recommend it. If you've it. never like, played it, you have to buy it. If you own a Switch, you have to play this game. And it is like we always say, there are so many things and IPs that are perfect switch games this is a perfect switch game this is nintendo through and through this is what a nintendo game looked like on xbox before it came to the switch it it took me a minute in the reaction video to realize it was cuphead but i mean you know it it was black and white which should have gave it away immediately you you could see in the reaction video when i realized it was cuphead it was my sneaking suspicion and when you said it i was like nah me and brian both can't be crazy yeah but I mean, the, the, the dude is sitting there with a with a mug in front of him that really did kind of resemble the the Cuphead characters. And then when he poured the milk and they came out of the the uh, cup, that was, that was a super cool transition in a way to uh, to con- announce that and confirm it. So so that was really cool. Uh, Sean, you mentioned the big thing that I want to focus on though, and that's Cadence of Hyrule. Talk about awesome, right? Yeah. We thought this year all we were gonna get was Link's Awakening, and that was gonna hold us over. I am super jazzed to see an indie studio working on a Nintendo IP. And I, I read a little bit about it today. Yeah, I was going to say more, more information came out about that today. Yeah, and, and it, originally they just wanted to add the Zelda content as DLC. Yes. And then Nintendo was like, nah, you're going to make a game. Yeah, and, and Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo cool. actually said today that they want more indie studios working with their classic franchises and characters. Why not? Yeah. It makes so much sense, dude. Like, you know, we we you give the reins of like Donkey Kong to an indie studio and let them do something or Kirby or dare I say F-Zero. So, you know, these some of these IPs that are sitting dormant right now, you know, like F-Zero, like uh, Chibi Robo or something, you know, like these IPs that they're not doing anything with and let them let Platinum make me the next Kid Icarus. 
Well, Platinum, oh. Platinum, I, as, as uh, Kyle said last week, I think they're going to be owned by Nintendo at some point in the future. But <laughs> they should be, too. They should be. Yeah, they you definitely know, should this be. This really this gets me excited if this does well, which I'm sure it will, because if it's Zelda, that's like making your own money. There's no chance this does bad. You're basically printing money at that point. But look for this to influence maybe some other third party studios or companies that own IPs that haven't seen daylight in a while. I would love to see this influence companies that, you know, like Castlevania is a big one. It, we've been clamoring for that. Maybe this might be something that is the, uh, the catalyst to bring things like that to light. Old franchises that we haven't seen in a while. That would be super cool. I would love to see something like that. I think there's a lot of studios out there. We talked about it, I think, last week. You know, they just don't have the support or they don't have the, uh, the ability to make these types of games and... Maybe they'll get some help from Nintendo and Big Brother and stuff. And we're a little more forgiving when we're fan favorites of the IP, too, I, I think. Of course. Uh, have either of you played Crypt of the Necrodancer? Yes. I have no. OK. Crypt of the Necrodancer, Frank, as you know, is a rhythm inspired game. Everything is set to the music. Everything like your combat is dictated by the beat of the music. The boss battles are built around the beats of the music. So there's actually one boss battle in Crypt of the Necrodancer where the music is going and it'll stop like every sixth or seventh or eighth beat. The music will like pause for a second. You have to stop there, too, or the boss will obliterate you. So everything is dictated <laughs> around the beats of the music and it is a rhythm based game. Cadence of Hyrule is going to be the exact same way. So this is going to be our first ever, you know, it, it really it, it's the first ever indie Zelda game, more or less. I don't count. And it does remind me a lot of the Seasons and Ages Oracle games that Capcom produced several years ago for the Game Boy. It does remind right. me a lot of that. But Capcom, not an indie studio. This is going to be the first time that we actually have combat that's that's centered around the music. And I think that's so freaking cool because we are getting 25 remixed tracks of legendary Zelda music in Cadence of Hyrule. The uh, the track that made me realize it was Zelda before we even before they really even showed off. Yes, it looked like Zelda from the start, but it also looked like Crypt of the Necrodancer because they, they do look very similar. But before we saw Zelda, before we saw Link, before we saw like the classic design of like a Link to the Past type architecture and monsters, that Telltale Ranch music from Link's Awakening is what really made me realize this is Zelda. And that was about three seconds before they showed anything on it. So, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I'm, I'm freaking pumped for this game. It's coming spring. We don't have to wait long for Cadence of Hyrule. We have to wait till the end of the year to get Link's Awakening remake. But Cadence of Hyrule is coming soon. I think this is going to be a big title for Nintendo this year. I think this is going to be huge. Mark my words, man. 2019 is the year of Nintendo. I think for so. Sure. I think so. They are just releasing hit after hit this year. And all the other studios are just gearing up for the next gen. So I'm excited about it. I really am. I, you know, honestly, this is the best way for Nintendo to do this experiment because we knew that they would never lend an IP out to a studio that they didn't own if it was just going to be a standard standalone game in the franchise, it has to have a gimmick, you know? And, and I think this is a good way to do it, especially if it's a successful one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for that reimagining. And the funny thing is, is it sounds like it's not even a reimagining. It's so similar that it's just a reiteration, you know, it's a, uh, it's a different instance. Basically. So to yeah. Say. But you know, it's cool. 
I had a chance to talk to Kyle about the the Nindy showcase, and he pretty much already told me that he's buying everything that they showed. Like every every game that was on there, he's already basically said that he's he's interested in picking up. Uh, Kyle, if you didn't know, is a huge indie fan. Uh, he really does play a lot of indie titles. He likes cutesy things. He likes smaller titles. He likes indie titles. And uh, everything that they showed off at the Nindy Showcase on Wednesday really is something that is in some way, shape or form up his alley. So uh, I think he's going to be playing a lot of these. Kyle was the kind of guy that would have a steam collection before it was cool. <laughs> he was like one of the first dudes to be like humble indie bundle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, he turned me on to him and that dude, he has a passion for that. So I'm excited for him to be up on this. I mean, yeah, you get, the, you get, the, really you get the, the greatest of games. You get the greatest of games from these bundles. I'll tell you. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why no. we, that's why we used to give away <laughs> bad games on the podcast. <laughs> I still haven't played uh, mixed martial arts three or whatever you gave me and i'm sorry I, <laughs> I he he gave me a wrestling spirit three about a year and a half ago and i haven't played that yet either <laughs> blaster master zero two we, we have a new sunsoft game coming out yeah yeah but blaster master zero was released on the switch like as a launch title like the original one and uh yeah they actually shadow dropped that it actually came out the same day as the uh the indie showcase so it came out on wednesday the 20th it's only 10 bucks dude the game is $10 and it looks phenomenal. That would have been a better $10 of your spent than the game you're going to talk about later in the show, Frank. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of games that I really want to get that look super cheap, but really fun. Katana Zero. Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. what a game, dude. Yeah, it's so simple, but it looks really satisfying to play. God, that game looks amazing. And what I what I uh, what I like about Katana Zero is that you do have a, a one hit death. You can only get hit once and you're dead, but you have yeah. the ability to control time so you can uh, stop time or go into slow motion and you can actually like hit their bullets that they're shooting at you back at them to take them out. Like that's a lot, a lot of the combat is about. You have to create a perfect run through. You have to create a perfect run through and the game will rewind to the beginning of the level if you don't, if you screw up. So it is trial and error. You're going to try, try, try again. And eventually you're going to make it work to where you have this flawless run from start to finish. And that is going to be so satisfying when you actually pull that off. And just to see how smooth it looks in motion, I'm sure uh, the animations and the, and the way that it looked in the actual trailer that we saw during the Nindy showcase looked phenomenal. So, oh, I, yeah. Uh, and I think that also comes out on April 18th, the same day as Cuphead. So uh, we'll, we'll be uh, playing that next month. That game looks like it's going to lend itself well to the speedrunning community, which I'm yes. super excited to, to watch. I think it's a big reason why that game is also releasing on PC. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, a game that I really want to talk about here, though, because it gave me goosebumps. The Red Lantern. Oh, are either of you excited for that? I am more of a Green Lantern guy. OK, that's 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 <laughs> no, a no, constant no, no. meme I've been seeing about the title of the game ever since it, it was announced. But the, dude, this is a. A narrative a driven game, a very personal game. Yes, a very personal game that is done in like a life is strange storytelling style where I, I hope to God you have the ability to change story elements, because if your dogs are always set to die by that bear, that is going to break my heart that they showed off in the trailer. OK, so the first thing that I picked up on and I'm a little afraid of that, honestly, mm -hmm. is when you watch certain points of the trailer, there's a team of five dogs and then there's only four. 
Yeah. You know, and, and so that's going to be a heartbreaking spot no matter who you are because Yeah. Yeah. Those dogs look like they're a big part of the story. They're they're the entire story. <laughs> you know, it, it's just when you lose one, you lose a piece of of what you're experiencing and that's kind of like rough to me, you know. Yeah. This game seems like one of those games where it's more like you're along for the ride and no matter what you do, you don't really influence the direction of the game, but I I hope that there's a mix. Because I don't want to get attached to these dogs. The, the, the controls to it look pretty cool. They're saying that, you know, it's... You can move things direction. around, and yeah, it looks so freaking cool. And man, the voice acting is going to be stellar. And the reason it gave me goosebumps is because I am a huge fan of the voice actor that we heard in that trailer, Ashley Birch. Uh, for, for those unfamiliar, that's Chloe from Life is Strange 1. That's uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. She's an incredible voice actor and the way that she delivers her lines with so much passion and meaning behind them. It was fucking awesome to see that in that trailer. Like it really spoke to me and, you know, that beautiful piano please getting goosebumps thinking about it and actually just re re talking about it again. But like before we hadn't even seen anything of that trailer, I was hooked. I was hooked by the way the actual developer introduced it because, you know, she she seemed awkward. She seemed you know, quirky and, and very just like <laughs> down to earth and, you know, just like a normal person introing their game. Uh, I, I felt the same way when um, several years ago at E3, the uh, the dude that made Unravel came out and talked about his game and how like how much of a personal experience that was for him about, you know, I used to play with these yarn things when I was a boy. And this is a game that really, you know, it, it is about that and the way that he talked, and the way that he delivered his lines on stage. It reminded me a lot of how she delivered her lines and in, in the build up to the trailer. And then we get to the trailer. I instantly hear Ashley Birch. I fall in love. And then, you know, I, the music starts going and then the visuals kick in. I was like, dude, this really is a Alaskan dog sledding life is strange and I'm sold like that. That is a day one purchase for me. I think it looks really cool. You know, I'm sad that Kyle's not here. I, I do miss him, but I miss him right now because this is a Kyle game. Like, oh, it, yeah, it, it totally is. You know, he the Iditarod is such a cool, uh, intriguing thing that happens in and of itself. And then you couple the storytelling and the amazing like play style and this is totally a game that he'd be all over. I'm I'm I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. I'm sure he's going to stream it, too. There's several games that I think just uh, lend too well to the streaming environment that that I think he's going to pick up on it and do for the stream over at twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce. Uh, I, I think that we can look forward to at least a couple of these games that we're talking about getting streamed on the Twitch channel. I hope so. Especially this next one here. Rad. He already told me he's streaming. Rad. Oh, man. He already told me he's streaming. <laughs> rad. <laughs> I think all four of us are buying rad. We what have a to. perfect name. For we that have game. to. It's dude. It's it's double fine. It's Tim fucking Schaefer, who's amazing. I was so glad to see him pop up during that, too. Yeah, it's it's total retro wave, synth wave, neon nights, everything that really level down games encompasses and talks about all the time with Dance with the Dead and all the stuff that we do. It, it really is that, dude. And the soundtrack is going to be one of the best soundtracks this year. I can already tell you that. And the gameplay just looks so much fun to play. And you're right. It is the perfect name for that game. And really, the game just looks rad. <laughs> it looks so rad, dude. Can I tell you, though, my favorite part of the trailer was when Tim Schafer came out, like from behind that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he threw me off, man. He looked really creepy, but it was funny at the same time. I think my favorite part of the trailer was um, 
when the everything just stopped, the music stopped and the whatever you're playing, I started like pooping out these other alien type creatures. I was like, oh, what yeah, is yeah, going yeah. on? I was like, what is going on? But I don't even care because it looks so good. It's action, dude. It's it's fast. It's fun. It's fluid. And yeah, man, that music is really what's going to really going to do it for me. I think I can't wait to pick that up, dude. You, you know what, though, dude? Like sometimes games just don't have to make sense. They don't. Like, they can just be weird freaking games. And that's the best part about this game is it just looks like it's fun. It's got a cool look to it. It's got a cool feel to it. And it's going to have stupid stuff in it, which is great because sometimes games are pretty dark. And this one looks like it's a good mix between that. Yeah, but, uh, well, yeah I want a big overhead. No, I dug it, man. I dug it. Me too, man. Uh, what about World of Pinecraft? I was just going to say World of Pinecraft, dude. That is a game that uh, absolutely is a day one purchase for me. Uh, Pine is the actual name of the game that we're talking yes. about here. But that. And I even said that in the reaction as I was like watching this, I was like, dude, this so much is World of Warcraft because you have the mini map in the top right hand corner, the quest delivery system to you. You have the quest in the yellow text and underneath you have the white text. You have basically the Torin walking up in this actual trailer, uh, you know, almost identical design. But besides the inspiration from Warcraft, the game looks incredible. And from what I can tell, at least right now. This is a exclusive for the switch, and that's freaking cool. I, I did a lot of digging for everything that was announced to see what other platforms each game is coming to. And for Pine, all I was able to find was the switch. And if that is true, this is a great exclusive for the switch to have because it's an open world exploration game set in a fantasy style of a place. And it really is like a single player World of Warcraft. You look at the inventory system, you look at the characters you look at the quest system, Sean, I'm hoping to God you're interested in this game. I am, man. And when I saw it, the first thing I thought of was what Fable kind of was to me back when it came out. OK, you know, the character style, the animation, everything, the environment, the, I could see that. the colors, the shading that they use. I was kind of like, wow, you know, this is this is kind of interesting because usually when you have open world games and they the graphics don't jive with the feel. And, and so it's kind of hard to get into it. But this game has a good mix of like that kind of charming feel, but also it it looks really beautiful. It looks like a game that you would see uh, a lot of work put into like a, by a triple A. Yeah. And, and so I was kind of impressed by that in and of itself. But it, I just think it's a fun looking game, period. It, you know, if I can take that on my switch and just like curl up and chill on a Saturday, that sounds pretty freaking fun to me. You know, I could see this game being awesome handheld or TV. That's probably the appeal to me is it really is not an experience bent on one aspect of the switch, which I think is the hallmark of a great switch title right now is if you can enjoy it just as much handheld as you would on your TV. Okay. Yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, I I know for a fact I'm going to be picking this up because like I said, man, it, it really is like a single player World of Warcraft type of experience and that that is something that uh, I, I hope this is able to capture. I hope this is able to pull it off well, and I hope it's just fun to play. Like you said, Sean, I really just it, it looks fun. I'm hoping it's fun to play. Uh, are either of you excited for Stranger Things three? The game? Not really. I'm nope. not either. I'm not either. Nope. 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 All right. We'll skip that. I'm not either. Uh, I, I think, uh, Frank, you and I had talked about this a little bit when they where did they show it off? Was it the Game Awards? Where did we first see it? Was it? 
I can't remember when we saw the actual trailer for it. It was either the Game Awards. It wasn't kind of funny. I'm almost 100% certain it was the Game Awards because like we we're like, why are they talking about Stranger Things? And then it's like, oh, it's a video game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was that because it was one of the debuts we saw and when we did that reaction video. Uh, I wasn't hyped up on it then either. Now, I mean, yeah, I, I will be the first to admit that Stranger Things as a TV show is a TV, it's a show that never actually hooked me. And that's really weird oh, for I me like because that's weird for me because, you know, I, I am a total nut job for everything that Stranger Things involves, like 80s type pop culture and just references and music. But for whatever reason, and I really need to sit down and give the show another chance because I, I never even finished the first season. So I really do need to sit down and try to do that again before I before I really just write it off entirely. But yeah, right now I'm not hyped up on the game. Sean, you're not either, huh? No, you know what, man? To be honest with you, I've never watched a single episode. And some people might look at me like I suck, and that's okay. But for me, the game has no appeal. And so that's what scares me about video games, is if it's based on something like that, if it still has the ability to make you think, oh, this might actually be a cool game, then I might be in. You know, like, I think it's just too heavily dependent on that fandom. And good for them, because they have a lot of that. But Mm -hmm. it might not translate into a successful game, because that's the premise that it's made on. That's the fear. I don't know. Okay. You know, I could be wrong. It could be a really good game. I just don't see it. It looks like a basic game. It looks like something I would buy on Steam for like nine dollars. You know, it it's just it doesn't look like something that makes me think, wow, I should get this. And then to top it off, that's like kind of the low of the showcase for me. That was like yeah. the the bathroom break, honestly. And so I was. I was already comparing it to these other games that I was just floored by that probably didn't do it any justice. There's a chance that now that you mentioned about the price, there's a chance that the game actually is free because everything that's uh, everything that's on Netflix's platform that is a game right now or game inspired, you don't have to pay for. Yeah, but does that translate to like Switch and stuff? Like, I don't, I don't know. That That's what that's what I think. One of the things I think we need to keep an eye on is. Oh, my God. Could, could we get Netflix on Switch? Uh, well, no, what I'm actually wondering is if the game will be free on Netflix's platform, but then a paid for game on others. Maybe they try to get people to sign up for Netflix by off, you know, people that want to play this game by offering it for, you know, included in the price type of a thing. It could be a thing. I'll tell you what, if they wanted it to be successful, I think Frank's dead on on this one. Put Netflix on the switch and then Who make the there? video games playable on the Netflix app. That would be awesome. If you can do that, I'm in. I'll try it. I might even watch the show. <laughs> we'll but, see. I mean, honestly, if you're just going to put a game out, bring a hook to it. Let's make something enticing about it. I want Netflix on my Switch bad. You Do you know how bad I want to curl up in bed at night and watch Gossip Girl in my hands? Okay. Who, who was the uh, 2000s rapper, Sean? <laughs> what, what the hook going to be? Who was that? What the hook going to be? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm too, I'm too, uh, white picket fence for that. I don't know. I think Nelly was in that, in that song, but I don't think it was actually him that actually did that song. Uh, I do remember that track though. It was not that good. I'm just, I don't know. I'm too dorky for it. You tell me when you figure it out. I'll let you know. Uh, Frank, you mentioned the last game I definitely want to touch on before we, uh, move on. Neocab, which we saw at the, uh, PC gaming show last year at E3. Looked phenomenal then. Still looks phenomenal now. It's like a cyberpunk synthwave uh, Uber simulator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's so amazing because you, you are playing this girl and she's trying to find her friend and you're driving around the city and, you know, you're just picking up clients and delivering them to where they want to go. But it's all done in like 
visual novel storytelling style. Like you're not actually, at least from what I can tell and everything that we've seen in the two trailers now that we've seen of it, it doesn't look like you have direct control of actually like driving the car on the streets. It looks like you are picking much like much like you would in like the Uber app where you like, okay, I have a customer here. You're pretty much pointing to the spot you want to go. And then like you're making choices for the dialogue and having this like while there's nobody in your car, you have an inner monologue going on in your head. But when there is a person in your car, you are talking to them and making choices and and doing different things. And that dictates the story. That's freaking awesome, dude. Like this is a game that is another day one purchase for me. I can't wait for this game later this year. And they say it's dictated by who you pick up and who you don't pick up. Right, right. So you could miss out on certain parts of the story major things even if you choose to say pick up person a over person b whereas person b would have been the better choice to pick up or maybe you know that would have helped you find your friend faster or easier or maybe there's an option that you don't end up ever finding your friend if you don't do things correctly like that is that is a cool concept for the game and i I am intrigued by that that'll be my first playthrough i'm sure the one where you don't find your friend (laughs) the one where you just screw everything up Look at Miss. Or you find, or you, or you find out your friend was yourself the entire time. There you go. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. Look deep. at look at Miss like Butterworth back there, looking out the window. She's all wondering what's going on. She's sitting audio there podcast. For those of you who don't know, I have an adorable bunny. Her name is Mrs. Buttersworth. Yeah. She's super cool. You're missing out. When you moved your chair, I just saw her sitting there staring out the window, longing to be free. That's her thinking spot, man. Yeah. She's probably writing a hit song or something over there. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what she cooks up. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you honestly, like this direct was the perfect like way to tide me over until the big titles come out. I really think that's that's what I what's what I would have asked for. You know, if you're going to make me wait until later on in the year to get Animal Crossing and and a couple other things, then give me something good to wet my whistle. And I think this did. And it was a great follow up to the direct that we just had last month where we, you know, they, we had so many amazing things announced and shown off for the first time. It was a great way to follow that up and, and showcase a different side of things. Uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this year. Yeah, absolutely. You and Nintendo, me both, brother. Nintendo, I demand a direct every month. Well, at least every every other month, every couple of months. I think we'll have uh, what that was our March direct. We probably won't have anything in April. I think April's going to be dry. May, at the end of May, I think we'll get our Pokemon Direct. I think we're going to get the big Pokemon Direct in May where they really go in-depth with this generation with Sword and Shield. And then obviously June will be our uh, our E3 Direct where we're going to get the big stuff on Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion and that kind of stuff. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but I do want to transition now and talk about the games that we've been playing over the past seven days. Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about a game? Okay. You want to talk about your big disappointment? Um, It's not the worst. Uh, so... For one, this is a big thing for me. I paid for and played a Data East game. Yeah, so so <laughs> shout out to our uh, episode of BG Mania that uploaded last Wednesday on, on your podcast services. Uh, we did an entire episode on Data East, uh, 16 tracks. One of the ones I that I picked, and I think that Frank and I both agreed it was really the track of the episode, uh, came from a game known as Night Slashers. And the music alone sold you on the game. That was all I needed. Um, I wish I'd, I wish I did a little more research. <laughs> so this is it's ranked as the top, the 20th top beat em up of all time from some poll that was done, which people were probably doing drugs when they did that, uh, that line. That line. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's very similar to Final Fight. So that's that's probably the best way. It's, it's a beat em up side scroller, 
you have three different characters you can pick from. Uh, you have a uh, Chinese girl, Zhao, who uh, she's, she's like fire powers, a lot of kicking. Uh, there's Christopher Smith. He's your European male vampire hunter, very much your Simon Belmont character. Uh, Man, kicking. that's a yeah. dry name. It really is. That is a basic, boring name. Like, can you even just call them Christopher Smythe or something? Like, just well, my name's course, Christopher Smith. I'll balance your taxes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I, the main character of the game, uh, American male monster hunter, Jake Hunter. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Who has many games named after him? He does. Uh, he has two uh. robot. He has two robot arms. He's the psychic cyborg. Sounds like yeah. a cool guy. It's pretty cool because you're fighting zombies, and then along the way, there's mini bosses and big bosses, and you're fighting your standard fare of like Universal Monster ripoffs. So you got the mummy, like a, a golem made of just stone, a bad scientist, this would be like Dr. Jekyll, there's Dracula, the Grim Reaper, Frankenstein, the, the, the whole litany of all those characters. Uh, very gory, very bloody, and very generic. That's the thing that really sucks. It was very, very generic. And the, the 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 person who put this out, uh, who, who localized this onto the Switch, I don't remember the, name, the exact name, Jacobs or something like that. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. It was some some company that has a couple games out on the Switch. They put out these arcade games on the Switch. Yeah, it's, they, they they put the game out and they they force a filter onto the screen that makes it look like a dirty screen, like that you'd see in the in the arcade. Yeah, like the arcade I, archives type games. Yeah, and, and, and it's cool to have it as an option, but. Let me turn it off, please. I would much rather just see the game as it as it's supposed to be. Uh, it's also censored a little bit. I mean, it's gory as hell, but the Japanese version was even gorier. Okay. But I it took me half an hour to play to beat this game. Um, it was oh, that's just, it. It's a short game. Yeah, huh? it's all, it was short. Um, it's just not very. It's not very in depth. It, it's it has all the trappings of a typical arcade game. The, uh, the a lot of the quarter uh, eating uh, things where the game is timed. And you lose energy whenever you do like a, a special attack, you actually lose your health. So all those things that the arcades put in to make you put more quarters and the, the, the actual game itself has the option to feed more quarters into the system. Like you're playing an arcade game. So that, that, that part on, on its own was pretty cool, but like it just it was very blah. Like it, 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 it does everything Final Fight does, but I feel Final Fight did it better. No one can go up against Hagger. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> That guy's running around with green overalls and no shirt underneath, and he's the mayor? Come on, dude. Freaking champion. Well, you wouldn't vote for that? Come on now. Uh, <laughs> there's, just, there's just so many other better games. Uh, and other than that one song, I really didn't hear anything else on the soundtrack that jumped out at me. Really? Because when I listened to the soundtrack, I thought there were several other good pieces of which, music on which, there. Which means that they could have scaled back the soundtrack for the actual release because I heard nothing that was really like, oh, this is an awesome song because I would have paused it and just listened. Was that track that we heard actually in the game, though? Did you hear yes, that it one? Was. Okay, okay. I did. Okay. But yeah, it just, it was really, it was standard fare at its best. The power-ups were confusing. There's no, other than go this way, which is you know, again, standard fare. There was nothing telling you what you need to do. Nothing saying, hey, this is a power-up, this is a that, break this. I could have gone without playing it, but we could just add another game to my uh, games that I completed this week. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. Um, I guess I'll go next then. Uh, I, I played a ton of different games this week. I mean, and I finished a lot of them, too. 
uh, I was I had planned on talking about One Piece World Seeker this week, but the game just didn't do it for me. It, it the game sucks. And I, I mean, I'm not even going to mince words. The game is not fun. Uh, I, you know, I, I wrote the review. It is up on our on our website now, babadonkgames.com. Go check that out and you'll actually see my in-depth thoughts on One Piece World Seeker. But I just didn't have enough fun with it that I really want to talk about it on the show. Uh, the game I actually want to talk about is one that I and again, I mentioned that we were recording on a Thursday night. It's March 21st. The game just came out yesterday, March 20th. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. Everybody uh, I've had. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I've had a that sound effect is quite low, just so you know, but uh, Balls. it's OK. The uh, <laughs> we're, we're leaving it in because that's you are the sound engineer. And I know that you'll fix that by the next episode. Uh We'll see. Maybe I not. I want to unionize. We need breaks. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we're not giving breaks. Sorry. The I've had about man about eight to ten hours worth of playtime in in Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon since picking it up yesterday. Uh, played it for several hours yesterday and several hours today. I am absolutely loving this game, Sean. I was talking to you about it when I was like first firing it up and stuff, and just gushing over certain things that I was discovering in the game. Now, this is a game that released on the Wii a long ass time ago. Wow. The yeah, Wii. a long time ago. It actually came out as Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo's Dungeon back in 2007. So a little over 11 years ago, because it came out in December of 2007. Wow. Yeah. And, and that was actually um, over. That was the Japanese release date. It came out here in North America, July 8th, 2008. So, yeah, we're, we're still over 11 years ago. But still, I skipped over the game when it came out on the Wii, because if you have listened to us for any significant amount of time, you know that the, the Wii just was not a system that really did it for me at all. I wasn't a huge fan of the remote control you know that they released for it i wasn't a huge fan of the motion controls i'm still not a huge fan of motion controls and uh i i just there's only certain games i picked up on the wii and that was really like your big exclusive first party titles that i had to play animal crossing city folk on the wii the one game the animal crossing game i spent the least amount of time with skyward sword the one zelda game i've never finished uh they're best zelda disagree but there are there were several <laughs> games that released on the Wii that I just didn't give a chance or even try to give a chance because I didn't like the system. I didn't like the controller. I didn't like the motion controls, as I said. So I probably did miss out on a lot of good games. I'm not going to lie, but I'm glad to see this game getting new life here in 2019. And it's totally redone, which is a great thing. So it's Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, everybody. Uh, it looks like the graphics are hugely improved. Uh, I, I did a side by side comparison, like looking at the Wii version on YouTube and then looking at the version I was playing on the switch running on my TV. The game looks so much better. Uh, the music seems like it's completely redone. The voice acting is different. Some of the voice actors are the same. Uh, Sid, the main guy that is in the game and Sid is in like every Final Fantasy for the most part. But uh, he is one of the main male protagonists that you don't actually play as him. You just play as Chocobo. But uh, he is like your partner in crime or your friend to the chocobo that you start out with uh voiced by matthew mercer in both the uh the wii and the switch version but here in the uh the switch version they change the voice actor for the the main female protagonist that you actually are playing with chocobo throughout a majority of the game or at least from what i could tell so far uh erica mendez voices her in the switch version i don't know i can't remember who did it in the wii version i looked it up but i don't remember the name 
and then one of my favorite voice actors, Christina Valenzuela, voices the Moogle. Dungeon Hero X, I think, is the name of that character. And uh, huh. just just hearing some of these voice actors that I personally love. I mean, they're they're the ones that, you know, they're in all of my quirky Japanese games that I play. And it's it really is the same set of like 20 to 30 voice actors in all of these games. And I have my favorites. And when my favorites make it into a game, my favorite being Jeremy Lee, uh, who is not in this game, at least not yet. But when when my do favorites, when they make it into these games, it, it just it boosts it up on my on a personal level for me. It doesn't necessarily affect the score, but it. It boosts it up in my opinion in terms of how much fun I'm going to have with this game. And then the music, there's nothing original in this game for the music. Oh, they're all older games. They're all older Final Fantasy tunes remixed. And that's super cool. And I told you, Frank, I messaged you last night, like about the soundtrack, the, the tune that made me realize it was different. But I mean, it was the same music, but different was a remixed version of Ridius theme from Final Fantasy four. And you get to you get to this uh, ranch house at night and the music only plays at the ranch and it only plays at night. It's a different tune during the day. But you get there. And as long as it's nighttime, you hear the classic do, 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 do. I was like, where the fuck do I know this from? And then <laughs> it took me about it took me about 15 seconds to realize it was Ridius theme. And I was like, this is awesome. So now I've been really just listening to the music and trying to pick out anytime I hear something new. Like, okay, where is this from? I'm hearing a lot of music from Final Fantasy nine. I'm hearing a lot of music from Final Fantasy seven. Dude, it's it's freaking cool how they did this. Uh, I am super impressed with it. I'm having a lot of fun. The game is very much like your Pokemon mystery dungeon or your uh, there. What else? What was that other? There's another franchise that. Man, there's another one. I think there's a Final Fantasy game, actually, that that works in the uh, like it's just like the Mystery Dungeon series, so to speak, whatever IPs that uh, that studio has applied to that franchise. It's done in that style. So it, it basically is like a dungeon crawler. You are going through these various dungeons that are always different. Uh, you know, they the layout of it changes and you're just meant to explore it and you're treasure hunting. It's fun. It exists solely to be fun. And that is the appeal to me. It's cutesy, dude. It is a cute Final Fantasy game and it works so well. It's probably second to um, World of Final Fantasy, which was the chibi version of Final Fantasy. I I would probably put this IP next in line of like, okay, World of Final Fantasy is probably the cutest. And then this one, if we were actually ranking them based on the cuteness factor, Uh, I'm just having fun. And that's all that matters to me is like it's 40 bucks. So it's not a full price game. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a remake of a game that released on the Wii. I was willing to pay the 40 and I'm having a blast with it. Uh, and I can't ask for more than that. I don't know. I'm just having fun. Nice. I can dig it. Yeah. It's a good time. Time only moves when the chocobo moves. That is true, man. That is absolutely true. And that is actually something unique. And I probably should have mentioned. So thank you for that. Uh, when you're actually in the dungeons, the enemies will stand still. Like as long as you aren't moving, the enemies aren't moving. But once you move up close to them and they're within attack, an attack range, they'll start attacking you, even if you're not moving. So you can really control the flow of battle and you really want to be strategic about it because you can actually. So say you move up like to be two squares away from your enemy. Well, if you move again, you're one square away and then the enemy can actually attack next because it is still Suedo turn based. So if you move, then the enemy's going to get to go next. You can actually stand at that spot that you're in and attack and then the enemy will move up to you while you're attacking. So now 
because the enemy moved, you actually have the next move. So you can actually attack in there one square away. So you can actually be strategic in that regard to where you don't have to move up next to the enemy and then, you know, get hit first. You can move two squares away, attack nothing. But while you're attacking nothing, the enemy will move up next to you and then you can attack the enemy first. So everything exists um, now. Now, granted, in towns and stuff, uh, everything is still moving around. I mean, yes, your chocobo is moving, too, but the world around you is alive and it's moving, especially the outside world. But in the dungeons, time only moves when chocobo moves. And that's freaking cool. It's such a cool concept. It, it creates these different ways to play the game. It creates these different strategies to to make it through and to find the treasures in the dungeon. There's traps. You always want to be like cautious when you enter like an enclosed area because there's probably traps in there. So Chocobo can kick these the air to find traps and you can move diagonally through the grid of the dungeon and you're you're weaving around these traps, trying not to take damage. It's super fun. Uh, Frank, I actually think you'd probably really enjoy this because the actual dungeon exploration and combat mechanics are very puzzle heavy. It might be something you'd actually probably enjoy. Me play a chocobo game? Eh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Sean, what have you played this week? I know you've uh, had a chance to explore Netflix some more, yeah? Yeah, so I actually tried to log in this week and just play a little bit at a time. And, and I got to tell you, I was getting a little bored with the selection on Netflix. Tell me I, you did not just say that. I know, I know, but... Let me tell you, I thought, okay, now's a perfect time for me to play a game that I thought I was pretty good at. I thought, okay, you know, I can get in there and I can really do some damage. Super Mario 2 or whatever, Mario Brothers 2, right? Yeah, yeah. Old old game, awesome game, love it. I log in and I'm thinking, I'll play as Toad, you know, Toad's pretty cool. And I got my butt kicked, dude. I cannot run in Mario 2. I can't do it. Okay, I try to go fast. I can't do it. I fall down. I die. It's over. And I told you, I think I messaged you throughout the week when I was playing it. Mm -hmm. I die more running around in that game than I do to the bosses. Yeah. Like, I'll take Birdo all day long. I'm not afraid of her. It's cool. Like, I can handle that. I even taunt her in the game, my teabag, waiting for her to throw her little thing out. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't. I can't run. The boss fights aren't that difficult in Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, I do think some and there are some of the ones as you get later in there that that give you a bit of a challenge. But at least the first couple in my in my experience, I've I've always been able to breeze through some of the most or actually a majority of the boss fights in Mario Brothers 2. Yeah, I'm not super worried about. I could see how the exploration would would give you a bit of trouble because it is very different. From the other Mario games. But that's because it wasn't yeah. actually, as we know, wasn't actually meant to be a Mario game. Right. So we go, we go into Mario it's 2. It's so fun. Yeah, but we go into Mario 2 and we're playing it like we like we're used to playing it as Mario games. And that, you know, that that's not how you play Mario Brothers 2. You, you don't just run through the levels. You can, but you have to be really good at it to do that. But, uh, you know, you, we have this like ingrained, especially going back to it now, you know, 20, 30 years after the game came out originally. Uh, we have a set pattern and, and way that we play Mario games and that cannot be applied to Super Mario Brothers 2. It just doesn't work the same way. No, and, and honestly, I thought, okay, maybe I'm not good at running. I'll play as Princess Peach. I can fly. I'm good. I died just as much. So <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Maybe Peach, I'm just not Peach is this. the easiest character to play as in that game too. <laughs> I know. It's so sad, dude. <laughs> Luigi talk about demoralizing yourself. Luigi's hard to play. Luigi's the hardest to play as, dude. Luigi's hard as hell yeah. to play as. 
yeah yeah anyways that was my foray into netflix this week i, I played another game called i think it's called like Twin B or something like that. Oh, Twin B is not bad. You don't like Twin B? I enjoyed it. Okay. I, you know, honestly, the the only mechanic of it that I didn't like was like the bombing aspect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was really difficult to always figure out where your bomb was going to go, and then I figured out that it kind of helps you when you're kind of close. It'll it'll just assign it to go to that little bud that shoots out at you. But I can't figure out the bell system. Like I hit the bell and I'm like, okay, when it changes color, is it going to give me a power up? And then it just gives me points. And it is power ups though. You have to, you, you, you can actually juggle it for new colors. It's I like stinger better. The, the sequel. Yeah. Well, maybe Stinger's I'll have to awesome. check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't no. go back to Zelda though. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I had to give Zelda a break. It you was gotta finish it, man. You got to finish it. We got cadence of Hyrule coming out soon. You got to finish the original Zelda. I know, man. I know. I know. I know. What are you, you doing? Tell me. What are you doing? Northwest, Southwest. What are you doing? Get moving. Come on now. You should be done with that game. I know. I know. What are you going to do? Just to everyone. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Get that crap out of here. <laughs> need, to f- need to finish the game. Come on now. All right. All right, Frank. Let's let's update our uh, let's update our list. Did you finish anything besides Night Slashers this week? Just Night Slashers. All right. So Night Slashers then puts you at 14 games. You should be at 12 games. So uh, we are perfectly where we should. Well, you're still ahead of where we should be. Uh, I finished three games this week. I finished Fate Excella Link, The Princess Guide and One Piece World Seeker, all three of which do have reviews up on the website. Lobodongames.com. Go check that out. That puts me at 30 games. I should be at 24. So I'm still six ahead where I should be. Frank, you are two ahead of where you should be. So uh, you you're still one behind like the actual because for the longest time, you and I were both like we had double what we should have or whatever. So you're still one behind because you have there's been a while since you finished two games in one week. But uh, I'm still rolling strong with uh, being six ahead. And man, this coming up week, I'm hoping to finish a couple more. Uh, I definitely want to finish Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, everybody this week. Uh, shout out to our friends at Activision. I am playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, so I definitely want to finish that this week. And uh, a couple other games, probably some smaller games. I started playing Always Awakening. Frank, you need to play that game, dude. Is it good? It's amazing, man. It is It is total 8-bit uh, retro style game. I think it's coming to the Switch soon, or it might already be on the Switch. I have no idea. Uh, it's called Always Awakening. I definitely think uh, think you guys would, especially you, Frank, uh, I, I think it'd be fun to check out. So we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, so again, the uh, the game challenge, not bad. We're still ahead where we should be. That's awesome. All right, well, let's move into some release dates and adjustments. Damn, it's GDC week. We had a ton of games get confirmed for their release date this week. Uh, one that makes me extremely happy. And I think one that, uh, Sean, you are absolutely going to enjoy. My Time at Porsche launches on April 16th for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. That woo was barely audible. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it was barely audible. I could barely hear it. I don't know why. What the freak? Uh, Cuphead. Cuphead launches on April 18th for Nintendo Switch. Katana Zero, a game we talked about earlier during the Nindy Showcase recap, launches on April 18th for PC and Nintendo Switch. Again, same day as Cuphead. Great game or great day for releases that day. Uh, Morrow Chronicle Hyper launches on April 26th for Nintendo Switch. World End Syndrome launches on May 2nd for Nintendo Switch and PS4. Life is Strange 2 Episode 3 Wastelands launches on May 9th for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. 
Speaking of Jake Hunter earlier, alternate Jake Hunter, Daedalus the Awakening of Golden Jazz, what a name, launches on May 16th for PC, Nintendo Switch, and PS4. Those that <laughs> Game miss, of the year now. Those that miss Nintendogs and Nintendcats, Little Friends, Dogs and Cats, launches on May 28th for Nintendo Switch. Among the Sleep Enhanced Edition launches on May 29th for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Stranger Things 3, the game, as we talked about earlier, launches on July 4th for quote-unquote all platforms. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, does that mean the uh, <laughs> does that mean the Game Boy? Because that's a platform exploration adventure game. Lost Ember launches on July 19th for PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One. The game looks cool. I definitely want to check that out. AI, the Somnium Files launches on July 25th for PC, Nintendo Switch and PS4. Kill a Kill IF launches on July 26th for PC, Nintendo Switch and PS4. Life is Strange 2 Episode 4 launches on August 22nd for PC, PS4, Xbox One. A game I'm definitely looking forward to from Remedy Entertainment, Control, launches on August 27th for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And finally, Life is Strange 2 Episode 5 launches on December 3rd for PC, PS4, Xbox One. Crazy that they stretched out Life is Strange 2 for an entire year. Like, usually for these uh, episodic games, we, you know, we, we see them maybe six months, eight months total that they last they stretched out Life is Strange 2 for an entire year. <laughs> Every more, three months? Actually, more than that. Yeah. Well, no, was because uh, episode two came out in January, which I think episode one was like October, September or October, maybe November. So it was actually over a year when, when the actual game was finished that the actual thing took place. So, yeah, it's actually really, really crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if they shadow drop Netflix along with Stranger Things, but that all platforms jazz. We'll see, man. We'll see. That is uh, an interesting way to say the game is coming, though. They, they, it literally says in the press release, all platforms like and, and that's just how it is. Like they actually nothing announced besides we know it's coming to the switch because we saw it in the indie showcase and we know it's coming to Netflix. But we don't know what else. So is it is it bad that I really, really want little friends? Yes. No. OK. Yes, it is. So, Frank. Sometimes some guys just need a, a dog and a kit. <laughs> uh, I hope to God that we all pick up my time at Porsche, though. The games are available on PC, but that is a game that really that that is a level down games game right there. Like in terms of like just knowing the kind of games that we all enjoy. My time at Porsche is that game and it comes out in less than a month. So let's keep an eye on that. I'm considering it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. That is a total Sean game right there. So we'll see. But uh, that was a ton of games and several of them, if not all of them, are still quite a ways away. Let's talk about what's releasing this week and the new releases for the week of March 25th. We have a jam fucking packed week this week. We're going to skip today, Monday, March 25th. We'll move on to tomorrow, Tuesday, March 26th. Probably the biggest day we've had this entire year so far in terms of sheer amount of games releasing. Probably not the biggest in terms of actual games, but the uh, sheer amount of games releasing on uh, tomorrow, March 26th is incredible. First up, coming to Nintendo Switch and Xbox One, Final Fantasy VII. They finished it, guys. Not the remake. <laughs> oh, man. The world has fallen under the dominion of the Shinra Electric Power Company, a sinister corporation that has monopolized the planet's very life force is Mako Energy. In the urban megalopolis of Midgar, Maga, megalopolis, 
man, I didn't know I couldn't say that word that well, of Midgar, an anti-Shinra <laughs> rebel group calling themselves Avalanche have stepped up their campaign of resistance. Cloud Strife, a former member of Shinra's elite soldier unit now turned mercenary, lends his aid to the rebels, unaware that he will be drawn into an epic battle for the fate of the planet while having to come to terms with his own lost past. This game is a port of the original Final Fantasy VII. The following extra features are included. Three times speed mode, ability to turn battle encounters off, and battle enhancement mode. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to pick this up. I own Final Fantasy VII, like four other platforms. It would be cool to have it on the Switch. I think, Sean, you've you've actually expressed interest in owning all the Final Fantasy games on the Switch, but I don't think I'm going to buy it. I have. Are I you going to buy it? My wallet is interested, <laughs> but I'm interested. Um, here's here's the thing with Final Fantasy VII. I'll make it brief because okay. I know we got all the crap of game, crap load of games. A ton of games this week. Um, I, I just, I honestly, I said this a while back. I just want to play it on the TV. You know, that's really the draw for this on me. It's not even that you could play it on the Switch on the go. I know it'll look good on that small screen, but I, I, I miss the days where you could play this on the TV. It's been a while, okay. you know, so I, I'm, I'm excited for that feature. I might pick it up. I might not. Maybe I'll get it later when they start releasing more Final Fantasies. You know, who okay. knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Keep an eye on it. Let us know if you get it. Uh, more Final Fantasy, though, tomorrow, Tuesday, March 26th. This one coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One. It is the final DLC. Final Fantasy 15 episode Arden. 35 years before the events of Final Fantasy XV. Verstale Basithia, a researcher belonging to the Empire of Niflheim, releases Arden Lucius Callum from 2,000 years of imprisonment. Led to the Imperial Research Facility, Arden discovers a certain truth and decides to take revenge upon the kingdom of Lucius. Uh, yeah, can't wait. I'm excited for this. Uh, I, as I mentioned before, I have not played any of the DLC episodes for Final Fantasy 15 because I've been waiting for the entirety of them to release so I can just do them all in one sitting. I plan to now play through these. So I'll be doing this uh, maybe this week, maybe next week, maybe sometime soon, whenever I can fit it in. But I definitely will be playing the Final Fantasy 15 DLC here shortly. Can't wait for that. Uh, next game coming out tomorrow to PlayStation 4. It is exclusive. MLB The Show 19. The show is back. MLB The Show 19 brings you the best of baseball. Play America's pastime your way with new game modes, expanded team building and player customization, and an intensive, personal, extensive, not intensive, and an extensive, personalized RPG experience. Create your own player and rise through the MLB ranks or play against others as baseball's greatest stars and legends. Fierce online competition, exciting RPG action, lightning fast gameplay, The Show 19 has it all. They're, they're great games too. But they, but, they, but they really are, they're fantastic games. So if you're a fan of, uh, of baseball, then this is worth picking up. The next game coming tomorrow to PC, PS4, Xbox One, a game known as Outward. You are not a god, nor a chosen one. The path before you is fraught with perils. Outward delivers an immersive RPG experience coupled with survival gameplay, offering a deeply rewarding challenge for the most avid gamers. As an ordinary adventurer, you'll not only have to hide or defend yourself against threatening creatures, but also brave the hazardous environmental conditions, protect yourself against infectious diseases, make sure you get enough sleep, and stay hydrated. Embark on perilous expeditions across untamed lands to reach new cities, undertake varied missions, and discover hidden dungeons crawling with formidable enemies. I'm so intrigued by this game, and it looks good too. This seems like something right up my alley. Sean, have you had any chance to look at this? Are you interested in this at all? No, and in fact, honestly, I, I had never heard of it before you read it off, but mm -hmm. I was super into it. 
until you said get hydrated and i don't know why but hype bros just came into my <laughs> so it, that tells you how much i don't know you you don't get hydrated you stay hydrated but uh <laughs> yeah man i don't know i just i think it sounds really cool i want to yeah. check it out now yeah let's I, check I it out know. let's check it i don't think it's multiplayer but let's check it out uh, at some point in the future just reminds me a lot of like conan exiles having to fill our flasks in the river and, and stay hydrated dude oh man well unless our buddy tack is playing it then yeah no. sh shout out to tack slash keith uh check him out on twitch some game dev dude it's fun watching him on twitch uh he he's doing his game development and uh making a fun looking game i don't know if uh, i watched him the other day dude it looks interesting so check that out if you're interested in watching someone yeah. make a game the next game coming out tomorrow a lot of games tomorrow pc ps4 xbox one generation zero i'm so excited for this one Welcome to 1980 Sweden. The local population has gone missing and machines of unknown origin roam the streets. Explore this vast open world to unravel the mystery of the invaders, perfect your fighting strategies, and prepare to strike back. In Generation Zero, living is winning. Play alone or together with up to three friends as you discover ways to defeat the invaders. Hell yeah. Frank, we saw this, I want to say it was E3 last year, and I've been anticipating this game ever since. I can't wait for this. The next game coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4, Nelky and the Legendary Alchemists, Ateliers of the New World. Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, Ateliers of the New World, puts players in the shoes of Nelky von Lestem, a young noblewoman who has always been fascinated by the ancient legend of the Sage of Grenzweit. Or, it's probably Grenzweit. It's probably German. A tale of the Grenzweit Tree, which is said to bestow great power upon those whom discover it. As she grew up and learned her skills were not in alchemy, she studied hard to become a government official and help those around her. The day Nelki is set to graduate the academy, however, her life changes forever, as she hears a rumor that the tree can be found within her father's lands near the small village of Westwald. Her father grants her permission to search for it on one condition, that she becomes governor of the area and develops Westwald into a prosperous city. Uh, Frank, this is the, obviously this is an Atelier game. But this is the one that is like the uh, the 25th anniversary title that features like a lot of characters oh, from. Like, like yeah. All together. Yeah. yeah, and and this obviously has town building mechanics as we've talked about. As you say, you are becoming the mayor of Westfold and you are responsible for building it up. You know I'm sold. I'm picking this up next week. If I don't already I have it by are. then. If I don't already have it by now. There's a chance I already have it. But if I don't have it by the time it releases, then I'm buying it for sure. Can't wait. Uh, trust me, I know, I know you're going to play the hell out of that game. As, um, as In the next... And and the next one's well. Already playing this one, buddy. <laughs> Releasing tomorrow uh, on PlayStation 4, The Legend of let the I almost said The Legend of Zelda. The <laughs> Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel Decisive Edition. Yeah, shout out to our friends at XSeed. I've been playing this for about a week now. The critically acclaimed Trails of Cold Steel series gets an HD remaster featuring 4K 60 frames per second support, turbo mode to streamline gameplay, and for the first time on console, the option to play with the original Japanese voices along with approximately 50% added lines of English voiceovers. It's the same as the PC version that released uh, last year. Taking place on the same continent as the fan-favorite Trails in the Sky offshoot of Nihon Falcom's storied The Legend of Heroes franchise, Trails of Cold Steel offers a standalone story that also delivers into the expansive lore that has become synonymous with the series as players enjoy school life, take advantage of speedy tactical turn-based combat, and uncover dramatic events that stand to change everything the two opposing social classes stand for. Uh, yeah, so I've played through and finished this game on PC when it released and uh, started playing through it again last week on the PS4. Uh, it's like a 90 hour game. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a huge investment, but uh, I'm going to do it again because Trails of Cold Steel 2 is coming out, I think, in May. 
and then on PS4. And then in fall, we know Anna America is bringing Trails of Cold Steel 3 to PS4. So can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be a Trails of Cold Steel kind of year. <laughs> a game that I've already finished, as I mentioned, and there is a review up on LeBanGames.com coming to Nintendo Switch and PS4 tomorrow, The Princess Guide. Choose among four princesses on their quest to forging a world of their dreams. Will you choose to end world hunger with Liliarty, the hunger but the hungry but happy warrior princess, or you may want to help Veronica, the brash but talented witch princess, achieve world domination, perhaps un- unearth family secrets and end poverty with the rose princess Monomaria, or spread words of peace and faith across the world with Alpana, the dragon princess. Guide your princess with praise or scold to make them stronger happier and ultimately a worthy heir to the throne uh, again you can go check out our review leveldowngames.com this game just didn't do it for me I wasn't a fan so but uh, I, I can see that's because you, you didn't play through as Veronica like you should have I played through well I actually chose uh, Monomaria to start but uh, you can actually after a couple hours you're playing as all four so it doesn't matter you aren't okay. actively playing as all four of them but uh, you do pick one to start my, my choice for starting was Monomaria uh I don't know, it's just, it's, it's weird, dude. Check out the review. It's weird, but the characters look like they're having a seizure all the time, and it just, it just wasn't doing it for me. It just wasn't doing it for me. Uh, the Walking Dead, the final season, finally comes to a close tomorrow. PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One with Episode 4, Take Us Back. It's time for the end. After years of fighting to survive, Clementine is now the leader of a community of lost children, and they're depending on her to get them home safe. In the aftermath of an explosive mission, fire, chaos, the living, and the dead all stand in her way. Can Clementine be the savior they need? Her story comes to a dramatic and heart-wrenching climax in this final episode. The night will be over soon. Sad, man. This is the end of The Walking Dead and really, at the same time, the end of Telltale. Because, I mean, Telltale's been gone since last year, but uh, Skybound Games hired a good chunk of the devs to at least finish the final season of The Walking Dead. Now that this is coming out tomorrow, it's done. Over. Last time we're gonna see that. Hopefully, oh, hopefully they're working on something cool. Yeah, hopefully they hopefully they do something cool next. But uh, really, this is the 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 conclusion of that, and it really is kind of sad. We have nothing on Wednesday, March twenty seventh. We move on to Thursday, March twenty eighth, coming to Nintendo Switch. Fun, fun Animal Park. Fun for the whole family. Thirty unique mini games feature the intuitive, featuring the intuitive Joy-Con motion controls, and the rules are so easy that players of all ages and experience levels will have so much fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Wait a second. That should just be fun because the game is fun, fun animal park. So they will have so much fun, (laughs) fun, fun animal park has three different gameplay modes. Tour mode. Put anything in the teleprompter and he'll read it. (laughs) Did you change that on me? No. Oh, I didn't know. I'm Brian Clutter. (laughs) (laughs) Tour mode. Players are guided through animal land and compete to find the champion. Mm -hmm. One match mode. Compete in your favorite game. Solo mode. Work to break your own record and achieve the highest score. Even if you aren't playing, the game is as much fun to watch as it is to play. Uh, the next game coming to Thursday, not tomorrow, Thursday, March 28th, PC, Nintendo Switch, a game I'm intrigued by. I'm probably going to pick it up. The World Next Door. An addictive mix of lightning fast puzzle battles, powerful storytelling and immersive visual novel elements. The World Next Door follows June, a rebellious teen girl trapped in a parallel realm inhabited by magical creatures who must find her way home before time runs out. Uh, the art style looks phenomenal in this game. It's definitely something that I'm certainly intrigued by. Uh, probably going to pick this up this week. Whether that's PC or Switch, I have no idea. Probably PC. 
but uh, I, I do plan on picking this up. Uh, it looks cool. We'll see. Finally, we move on to Friday, March 29th, coming to PS4 and Xbox One, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Relive the American Revolution or experience it for the first time in Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, with enhanced graphics and improved gameplay mechanics. Plus, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation Remastered and all solo DLC content are included. Uh, it can't be any worse than the original game, so at least it has going that going for it. Assassin's Creed 3 really is one of the worst Assassin's Creed of all time, and it really makes me sad because it's like my favorite setting they've ever explored in the American Revolution. But it really just was the worst one that they've ever made. I don't know. It just sucked. Hopefully this is better. We'll see. Uh, also coming Friday, March 29th, the PC is Tropico 6. And the Presidente is back. Prove yourself once again as a feared dictator or peace-loving statesman on the island state of Tropico and shape the fate of your very own Banana Republic through four distinctive eras. Have you ever played any of the Tropico games? No, they look no. super interesting, though. It sounds fun. Yeah, no, they, they definitely are fun. I've played, a, I think I've played three and four, and I never played five, but uh, they, they really are just kind of like city management games, like SimCity and that kind of stuff, but you're playing the role of a dictator. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and you can either choose to be a good dictator or a bad dictator. Like, Frank would be the bad dictator, and I would be the good dictator. Those are things as a good dictator. Sure there is. You can uh, be... It's like... No, no, what, what is it like, Frank? It's, it's like saying, how about all the good things Hitler did? Well, that's kind of different, Frank. This is a fictional character. <laughs> this is this is a fictional character. This is not based off of, well, I guess you could argue that it might be based off of somebody, but it is a fictional character. Come on, you could be a good dictator. <laughs> okay, how about, all the good, how about all the good things Fidel Castro did? That's really what this character's kind of based on. <laughs> the last game coming out this week to Nintendo Switch, Yoshi's Crafted World. As Yoshi, you'll leap up high, gulp down enemies, and set, on, set out on a treasure hunt to find all the different collectibles. On the flip side, stages can be played backwards, providing new perspectives to explore and new ways to locate some of the more craftily hidden items. It all started when Kamek and Baby Bowser set out to steal a gem set stone. Legend has it that this fabled artifact can grant the bearer their wildest dreams. But when the artifact's gems are sent flying, it falls upon Yoshi and friends to find them. Luckily, saving the day can be cooperative and challenging. Pass a Joy-Con controller to a friend to team up as fellow Yoshis. Also, Mellow Mode gives Yoshi wings for a breezier experience, which may come in handy. Finding all the flowers, coins, and Poochie Pups is no small feat. For extra protection, suit up in one of the handicraft costumes you can unlock in-game. Super pumped for this. Can't wait. Yoshi's Crafted World looks amazing. Uh, this is a day one purchase for me, for sure. But that's going to bring us to Pick of the Week this week. What are we going with? Honestly, Yoshi's Crafted World. Okay. Yoshi's Crafted World gets one vote. Sean, what are you thinking about for pick of the week this week? I'm right there with you, man. It, you have to give it to this game. Even the demo was good. So. Yep. Yoshi's Crafted World gets two votes. And then I also am in the grants. I think Yoshi's Crafted World is the actual pick of the week this week. I had a blast playing that demo. You can actually watch me go through it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash games if you want to check that out. But yeah, so definitive this week. All three of us agree. Yoshi's Crafted World is the pick of the week this week uh, and a, a jam-packed week. I mean, there's several, several things I'm excited for this week. Um, Tropico 6, The World Next Door, uh, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, Decisive Edition, Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, Generation Zero, Outward, Final Fantasy. Like, this is a packed week, but uh, I think we have to give it to Yoshi's Crafted World. All right, let's jump into this. I'm excited to do this because I think that there's going to be some heavy discussions involved around this. 
I want to talk Stadia. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about Google Stadia, which was just announced at GDC this past week. Their conference was on Monday and uh, we we found out everything that uh, well, not everything. We, there are still several unknowns about Stadia, but Google Stadia is their streaming platform, their streaming service. It's not a platform because there's no actual box as anything that runs Chrome can run Stadia. And uh, they, they are selling their individual controller, but you can also use other controllers. You don't have to buy the Stadia controller. So let's just jump in. Are we excited for Stadia? What do we think this is going to do to the industry? Let's just take this in whatever way the discussion leads. But uh, I'm going to sit back, kind of get your guys' thoughts. I wrote down my own notes. We'll see how things collide. We'll see where things go. What are we thinking on Stadia? I'm stoked, man. I mean, they lit a fire under me. I think there is so much that can be tapped into here. I just wonder if it's too good to be true. You know, we we see all of these issues that just instantly pop up in our brains because we're so negative as a video game culture and society We're we're wondering, OK, well, is it going to lag or is it going to have latency issues or, you know, is there going to be an issue where uh, the seamless transitions aren't as seamless as they look on stage because the stage is like this perfect oasis environment where nothing can go wrong. Yeah, everything, everything is set up for the demo stuff. You know what I mean? Like everything is designed around it so that it it can't go wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, all those things aside, I am still jazzed for this game. I can't even believe that this system, I'm going to call it a system because that's what I think it is. Honestly, it's a pl- it's, it's a service. I it's guess. a remote. It's a remote desktop of a system. OK, so anything that processes information and makes it a playable game to me is a system. And mark my words, Skynet, this is where it starts. But <laughs> there's a there's a big effing computer at Google and I love it. You know, move over, Watson. There's a new there's a new game in town. I got to tell you, super jazzed about it. This is exactly what we talked about when we did our flavor text on Google and we wanted to know what they would do. And they they went even beyond what we wanted. You know, the only thing that's going to hold people back is their situations. <laughs> you know, Stadia is there. It works. And, 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 and that is a, that is a big thing, dude. That is a big that is a big what if. That's one well, of my big sticking points. I looked up where Google Fiber is and they better put a lot more dots on that map because they're going to need it. If this is going to be how they're going to move into this $140 billion industry, you better freaking put some money into letting people have net freedom because Comcast and all these other big dogs are definitely going to take issue with it. Streaming games is no small feat, my friend. I mean, no, no, not at all, because you're talking. I don't even get it. You're talking up to like 10 gigabytes an hour to stream some of these like triple A games that we see nowadays. Like and that's that's on the low end, dude. That's on the low end. Internet speeds just they're not capable right now of fully taking advantage of Google Stadia yet. And I think that is that is issue number one. It's going to be several years before we get to that point, because you're talking with Google Fiber, dude. You're talking just U.S., you got to talk to yeah. the rest of the world who, yes, there are some companies or not companies. There are some countries we don't out need, there. Honestly, we don't need to talk to the rest of the world just yet. Why not? This is not because this is not going to the entire world. True. But OK, let's talk the countries it is going to of those. Us in, us in Europe. Europe. Yes. But what countries in Europe? Is it just the UK or are they talking all of Europe combined like France, Germany, Spain? 
I think it's EU, so it's going to okay. be UK and EU, so, so it's, so it's, it's only going to be us. Let's just say, for for argument's sake, it's EU. So we're talking the, the countries that are in the European Union, or maybe we're in the European Union if we're talking Brexit. Oof. Some of those countries <laughs> are in the same situation we are. Internet speeds yeah. just are not there right now, and companies are fighting against that, dude. There's a reason why 90% of American households have a data cap. There's a reason that we aren't allowed to exceed that. And there's a reason that their their companies are willing to give you unlimited access. But you have to pay, say, 50 bucks a month, which is what I do on top of the bill that you're already paying each month to get access to unlimited Internet so that you don't have a data cap. Uh, you know, we we pay an exorbitant amount of money to have access to the second highest speeds. Now, AT&T, you versus the, 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 the company we have in our area, there is fiber service. Now, it's not technically on our street yet, so we can't fully take advantage of it, but they are rolling out fiber. So it's not necessarily just Google that can do fiber. I mean, AT&T, you versus getting into fiber. We know Google has fiber. I'm pretty sure Comcast has a fiber service. Um, I can't confirm it, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, honestly. I, I think they do. There's there's a couple different companies that are out there trying to to bring Fiverr service to households in the U.S., but it's expensive. So you, that's that's top, that's high end. That's top tier stuff. Those are top guys right there. That's your revival type of a Internet service. And no flips, just fists, baby. It, exactly. And it, they're, they're willing to charge a lot because they know the people that want that service are willing to pay for it. They're the ones that can afford that service. So while Google Stadia, I think, is going to be free. Here's what I'm thinking. We don't know pricing right now. I think Google Stadia is going to be free in terms of the platform, but you're going to have to pay to access the games in the platform. That's where they're going to make their money. So I think you think it's even like a rental. It's either going to be a rental type service where they charge you a specific amount to have access to the game for a certain amount of time or they're going to charge a, a much higher flat fee per month. We talked about this on Flavor Text a little while back, and we brought up this model. We talked about this, and and this is nothing new. Yes, and it pissed me and it pissed me off the model that we were talking about because it just didn't make sense to me how it could be affordable and how it could be how Google. Yes, they have a lot of money. We know they have a lot of money, but we know the gaming industry is also worth getting into because of how much money there is out there for it. But Google has to be able to make a profit on this as well. That's why I was saying if they charged it like a model service, it would be expensive, which is why I'm kind of coming down to the idea that I think they're going to charge on a per game basis now. Is that how I really think they're going to do it? You think about the availability of catalog, right? So there's a reason why movies aren't on Netflix forever, because they're paying up the wazoo just to have it on there. They're licensing it, right? Compare that to Xbox Game Pass. Xbox yeah. Game Pass games, they're not on there forever. The, the games are only on there for a limited time, just like movies on Netflix or just like movies on Hulu. They're just on there for their contracted time. Exactly. So you're, you're playing into what I'm about to bring up, and I want to hear what you guys say about Perfect. it. Perfect. If you're putting out a system, quote unquote, or a platform or whatever you want to call it, your catalog has to be robust or else people are not just going to come around for five or 10 games that are available during that month, right? You need to be able to appeal to different audiences that may enjoy your product. How do you guys think that they're going to be able to capitalize on, uh, you know, I guess getting people to come in and play on their platform if they're not going to have a selection, if they're going to license, 
I feel like that automatically puts them into the route of rentals, which is kind of scary because if I buy an experienced, you know, a game, the value is relative. Like I may, I may see it on Stadia and think, wow, I can pay five bucks to enjoy a major title for a week or two weeks. Like it's just like a rental, but it's all, you know, digital, right? Or I could look at it and go, wow, I'm not spending that kind of money. If I know I'm going to get a lot of time into the game, I might pay more to access it all the time than I would just buying it on PS4. Like you look at these games, like there's 90 hour games on PS4. I don't want to rent a game 10, 15 times to get the most out of it when I could just buy it on a disc. Even if it's not a rental service, do you really want to stream a 90 hour game and kill everything like that? You know, that that's going to affect not just your your Internet. And yes, if you have unlimited data, then that's fine. But that's also going to slow down your entire Internet, like for the household, either that or it's going to chug like hell for you. If there's multiple people like streaming Netflix at the same time or doing other things. Forget it. This is this brings back the days where we dialed up. And if grandma picked up the phone and you after done. your game, done. you you wanted to go in there and smash her in the face. OK, like <laughs> I'm on a phone. I'm on a phone. Like it's it's coming back. It's, right. What's what's next? I'm going to call a girl and her dad's going to pick up. Oh, uh, hello. Is Susie there? Hey, I want to talk to Susie. You know, those, those were the worst days in my life. OK, I can't do it. Like, we're I can't. That. We're in our 30s now. We're past those I days. Know. I don't have hair. I don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that there's so much there. That's just a big question mark. And they didn't answer any of them in the demonstration, which makes me really nervous. You know, like, do you download the game and then you have the right to play the game? But where does it go? Because guess what, kids? It's only on your Chromecast. Like, the, no, you have to stream it. There's no other way. If they made it to where you could download the game, and then access the game and have the majority of the assets processed, you know, on their streaming service, but found a way to kind of trim down those data packets that you got to send through. Maybe I could see it, but you're right. My wife likes to watch Netflix. She watches Hulu. I'm on the computer. I'm having a hard time playing Warcraft sometimes. If I have a really crappy internet connection, how am I going to stream Stadia? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, unless you have a, you know, four or $500 router, which you can then utilize, you know, say like, you know, you can distribute, you can choose how you distribute your bandwidth and that type of stuff of your internet. Then you can maybe have some type of control over it. But I think you bring up an interesting thing that you actually didn't touch on because you talked about the games that are available through Stadia. I, I want to touch on the fact that we we got confirmation that Google has its very first ever first party studio headed up by Jade Raymond. Congratulations, Jade Raymond, you know, the responsible for Assassin's Creed and She's done several great things in the industry. I'm a huge fan of what she's done and, you know, her work. Uh, She's the perfect person to put in charge of this new first party studio that Google has. But this was just announced, dude. Jade Raymond was literally hired last month to Google. It's going to be several years before Google has something that is exclusive to Stadia that is first party. So realistically, unless they strike a deal, which is possible, unless they strike a deal with like an Activision or a Ubisoft or an EA to have an exclusive Stadia game, we're talking several years where everything that's on Stadia is also available on PS4 or PS5 or Xbox or Xbox Anaconda or PC or Switch. 
And at that point, we're getting into the idea of the definitive spot or the definitive way to play each game. If you can have local hardware in your house to play these games with no input latency, we, we do know there was tests ran at uh, GDC. Input latency is going to be a big deal in terms of consoles. We're talking like four to seven milliseconds worth of input latency, which is with which 10. is negligible. This is like 50 yeah. to 60. Google Stadia is 50 <laughs> to 60 milliseconds. So they said, you know, I didn't even know that. I yeah. So if you push a button, <laughs> it's it literally takes like two or three seconds for it to show up in the thing. So that that's going to create a huge disconnect to the games because you're going to it's how are you going to play a fighting game or anything that is reactionary to where you push a button, you expect it to work immediately. That's going to take out the ability to dodge or block or things like that, because you're going to have to anticipate it. And unless you're really, really smart and anticipating it, then you're going to fail. So I I think input latency is a huge issue right now. So, again, the definitive Uh, spot to play these games, at least for the next several years until this can be fixed. And Google Stadia is releasing this year. So until this is actually fixed and, you know, they come up with a solution, I think if a game was available on the PS4 or, or let's just say Sony platforms or Microsoft platforms or Nintendo platforms, it's going to be easier and a better experience to play it on those platforms. Plus, you own the game. This brings up a whole nother topic that we sometimes touch on here. Um, game archival. What's going to happen to games in an all streaming future? Like we're already looking at games like from the arcades era, the NES era, even like the 16 bit era. We're losing games. They're going away. Like, you know, once code is lost or once the actual games are lost, those games are lost forever. And that's a shitty thing. So in an all digital future and an all streaming future, more or less, we and and Frank, I know you hate this. You no longer own the games because, you know, the games are just on the service and they can just pull it from you whenever they want. That that is really going to limit our ways to preserve gameplay in the future, preserve games, experiences in the future. And streaming just takes that away entirely without a hard backup. It's going to be terrible. I mean, not even video games talking here. The original Apollo moon landing, you know, when they met the moon, those tapes, they taped over them. There was no hard backup of that. We, the original footage does not exist anymore. It's because so, it never so, happened. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going to go to conspiracy theories there. Uh, but like, could you imagine Super Mario Brothers being lost to history? It'd be terrible. That'd dude. be horrible. It'd be terrible. Yeah. And, and that's something that an old digital future, it could absolutely happen, you know, because it's it's not it's not cool. Uh, I just I hate to be the negative Nancy. Oh, I'm totally I'm I'm totally negative on Stadia right now. Like I, I'm excited for what Stadia can do, but I'm negative on it right now. Uh, I, I joked to you earlier. Uh, this is Gaikai. This is PlayStation Now. This is on live. Yeah. I mean, these are this is not a new concept. Streaming games. It's been around forever. Uh, oh, four. Yeah, Sega did it in like Sega cha- the Sega, Sega channel. channel, the Sega channel, in like the 90s. So, this, this is not a new concept, but it's uh, it, Nintendo did it. They had uh, the satellite Nintendo over in the yeah, in Japan. I just uh, Sean nailed it. The catalog, what ca- you know, we don't, yeah, we know they're getting Doom Eternal day of, but so is everywhere else. Exactly. So is everybody else. Uh, so then you're, it's going to be just like the early days of PS, uh, PS2 or PS3 uh, going up against Microsoft. 
the Stadia version is going to have this. The Xbox version is going to have this. It's going to be the, 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 the arrogant of exclusives. There's going to be exclusive content for each version is what you're getting at. Yeah, maybe Stadia tries to separate themselves by having, you know, a, a, a specific map that's exclusive to Stadia or a specific character or a weapon or something. I, you know, there's and there's great things to talk about Stadia. I like the whole idea of save states. Like, yeah, yeah, I no. Guess, I, I, I could literally send you a, a save like, Hey, look, look what I did. Check it out. And you can go into my save and play from right there. Like, oh, wow. Look what Frank did. It's amazing. I can't believe he pulled that off. I, but I also think that's an interesting thing that we that we should touch on, because one of the ways that they demoed it was you could be watching a streamer on YouTube or a trailer on YouTube. And it'll say, like, play. It'll be a button there. You can click play. And that's how you jump into Stadia and do it. Isn't there going to be some type of disconnect there? Because that's not a character that you have any experience with now. So say, OK, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the way that they showed it off. Uh, you can choose as either the, the male or female character and say you're playing and the, the person you're playing or watching on stream it is playing as the uh, the guy character. And, and you wanted to play as the female character because that would look more interesting. And you jump in and you are now locked to this character that somebody else made. And especially if it's a game where you have total control of the way your character looks, you're locked to the way that they made it. And you have no idea the backstory of what happened to this character before that point in time. Isn't there going to be some type of disconnect to, well, of course there's going to be an option to start the game fresh, but if you really just want to pick up where that person left off, there's going to be disconnect because as gamers, we identify ourselves with the characters. A lot of times we put ourselves in their shoes. And I think that uh, there there will be heavy levels uh, of disconnect because their characters, they're not ours. And then really, what's the fun in playing a game if you're just going to jump into what somebody else was doing and say you maybe missed six to ten hours worth of gameplay beforehand? To me, the fun of a game is playing from start to finish, not jumping in and, and getting this half-baked experience because you liked what a streamer was doing. So I think that the uh, the idea is cool, but I think the execution right now is just not there for this type of a thing. Now, how do you think this will impact like media outlets or streamers or YouTubers in general? Is this going to be beneficial or is this going to hurt? Um, I, I think it could go either way. But in terms of streamers, I want to talk about Twitch, dude, because this is only going to work on YouTube. Google has no vested interest in putting this on Twitch. Google owns YouTube. Amazon owns Twitch. Amazon is a huge competitor to Google right now in terms of streaming services. So once Amazon rolls their shit out, I'm sure that's what's going to work on Twitch. This is not going to work on Twitch and Twitch right now, arguably, correct me if I'm wrong, much bigger platform for streamers than YouTube gaming is. YouTube gaming, oh, yeah, yeah. there's, you know, there's there's some people that utilize YouTube gaming and, uh, you know, they're successful at it and, they, and they've made a name for themselves through YouTube gaming. But Twitch has your superstars, dude. Twitch has your ninjas. Twitch has your shrouds. Twitch has your Dizzy Kitten and, and Pokimane and Bruce the Deuce. <laughs> do, do, do think, now, do you think this pulls people from Twitch? It could if it's successful, if it actually works well, if there's a model in place for the streamer to make money off of it. And if it seems like a lot of people that are doing it on YouTube gaming are making money off of it, then it could maybe entice people to switch to try to, you know, to to go over to YouTube gaming. But there has to be a significant amount of money involved for it to be working, because we're, we're talking the Twitch superstars right now are pulling in 
tens upon hundreds of thousands of dollars, some of them per month. You look at Amaranth and how much money she makes a month. But even just the low level type stuff like your streamers and Ninja can make like a fucking million dollars a month. But still, like there has to be an insane amount of money involved for Google Stadia kicking back to these streamers for them to want to leave their audience and model behind on Twitch. Because that is just a huge mistake, potentially, if they did that. If we're talking about just connectivity and interactive uh, features of Stadia, they definitely can do it. And so here's the big problem with Twitch right now. You can't get Twitch on certain platforms. Google Stadia, you can get it on everything. So if they can make it to where you can see your streamer everywhere and interact with them in the same way everywhere, you're golden. I have a TV back over here with an Apple TV hooked up to it, and I can't get Twitch on it. I cannot Twitch watch. Twitch is not an app on Twitch. Apple TV. Wow. It's not. I have to download Twitchy, which is like a little like <laughs> backdoor hosting service. And it's like you can't even have the full connectivity of Twitch. So if you're going to go up against Twitch, there is a way to do it. There is definitely vulnerability there. Amazon does not have that market locked. But what they do have locked is the big dogs, like you said. Yeah. But not just the big dog streamers. The big dog fans are on Twitch. Mm -hmm. There are people who drop hundreds of dollars just to support their streamer, who love their streamer, who worship their streamer. You know you do not have that on YouTube gaming, YouTube gaming, the reimbursement model. We could get into that. It's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's ad revenue. That's that's way different. Twitch, if you if you're on Twitch and you're successful, you are backed by your fans just as much as you might be backed by companies paying you, whether it's revenues or whatever. Right. So it's a different market. Even though it's the same, it's really apples and oranges at this point. So Google can definitely come in and make some changes on what's already working well. And maybe it could appeal to people who like Twitch. And then you're going to see streaming services go back and forth on this. I think it's totally doable. I think that this aspect of Stadia is way more doable than the gameplay side. You know, when we talk about Sega... Sega TV or whatever, Sega whatever, channel. whatever Sega, Sega channel. channel. Yeah. I can't even freaking remember. <laughs> yes, that was highly successful because it was coming across coaxial cable. Guess what, kids? Some people still use internet on that same cable that we played Sega Channel on. Like there is no hardware upgrades around America right now because we haven't been able to really get caught up to the growth of technology and the capabilities with our hardware. There are still people out there who have cable boxes that like worked when we were kids. I mean, they put a digital converter now, but like if they could, they'd still be on their old school stuff. So to me, it's kind of like scary in that respect is I don't know if people are ready. Like you said, they're just not able to handle it. I told I told somebody this the other day. Yeah, sure. You can make a cargo 600 miles an hour, but. Is it going to stand up? Is it going to be able to do it? No, it's going to fall apart. The chassis can't handle it. And then boom, you crash. That sucks. You're dead. That's probably at 600 miles an hour. You're going to load up Stadia and you're going to be like, yeah, man, I got I got good Internet. I'm good. And then two minutes into it, Comcast is like, nope, nope. You're already at your limit, bro. Sorry. You're <laughs> you, in safe you're, mode. You're being throttled now at this point. Yeah. And, and then what happens when you get throttled in Stadia? That is a fear that is legitimate. 
because right now I watch streamers who aren't even that big, aren't even that big, pull in like maybe 3000 viewers on a good night. Mm -hmm. They get throttled Mm -hmm. in major markets. I'm from Las Vegas. I can tell you right now, Cox Communications bought a company called Prime Cable. And I'll tell you, they did not come into my neighborhood and then soup it up. Like, (laughs) you don't know what these cable companies have. They are just like inheriting sometimes when they buy out each other. And that's even bigger of a problem for people who want to do Stadia. Because your company, I can tell you right now, I'm not here to bash ISPs. I think they do what they can do to appease as many people as possible because you're never going to make everyone happy in that business. But I will tell you, they don't care. No, they definitely do not. They do not care. The fact that Stadia is coming out is like they're just laughing at it. They're like, ah, whatever. It's politics. It's just like Obamacare. Like, okay, everyone gets health insurance now. Well, guess what? It's three times as more expensive for the people who can pay for it. It's net neutrality all over again. It's exactly what we've already seen, just in a different light. And so that's the scary part for us as gamers is we want the experience. We want to be able to connect. We're not playing this to waste time. We got other things we can do. We have other ways to waste time. So that's why I think there's the a, a definitive version to do and to get gameplay now is on a local hardware like a, a Sony platform or a Microsoft platform. That's why I say I think Stodia, Stodia man, I'm just combining everything here. It's getting late. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Google Stadia is a great idea that will probably be very successful in the future. But in the short term, I don't think it is. Uh, while we were talking, I, I had a thought and I think that the the biggest crowd right now that Stadia is going to be successful for is the casual crowd, the crowd that doesn't want to shell out money for a console, but they still want access to gameplay, whether it's, you know, AAA games, if they have the Internet or more realistically, just casual type games that you that, that you know, the Stadia is going to have a ton of dude. The Stadia probably is going to be the new Wii right now. It's probably going to be very similar to that. So. And, and, and kids, dude, I think kids is going to be a major market for Stadia. Because now parents can say they can pay a fee to have access to a game for a set amount of time or even a monthly fee. And they they can let their kids play the games. They don't have to shell out 300 to 500 plus dollars for a piece of a piece of equipment, a hardware or a console. So I could see that market doing well for Stadia. How sad, though? How sad is that that that's the case that they're going to capitalize on that? Because let's be honest, you know, they're going to you have Stadia. For six months, you've bought yourself a PS5. Exactly. But they're not going to see because it that everything way. you have to do, everything you got to do, you got to pay the extra fees for the not throttling. You got to pay the extra fees for the higher Internet speeds. Guess what, kids? Your router sucks because you have a Linksys from seven years ago. Like there are things that you have to do to play Stadia. And they did such a good job of breezing over all of them and just making it seem like it's this magical unicorn. Fairy tales aren't real, kids. Like money does not grow on trees. The pantry just doesn't fill itself up. (laughs) There are things behind the scenes that you have to realize and people aren't seeing. Think about the size of these games. If they don't have unlimited data on their phone, they're going to destroy their parents' data. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) One one minute, one out of Fortnite, you're done. Absolutely. Because that's that's the thing, dude, because Stadia, we know, is going to work on your phone. And that is going to be that's why I said that is the big crowd right now for stadia because you know you, you're talking you know the grandparents again of the Wii era they they have the the smartphones they have the tablets they have access to stadia then 
So you really are looking at a casual type of a crowd for this, I think, in the short term, in the interim, until these Internet companies ease up on their on their controlling habits and their data caps and all that kind of stuff. The the crowd that, you know, oh, OK, I can play this game for, you know, 10 bucks and I have access to it for a little while. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll play it. But then, you know, they're throttled for the next 27 days because they do that. And now they can't watch Netflix. And now there's just a whole different type of world for them. Like, what do I do? They're going to have to call their Internet company and either increase their speed or increase their caps or suffer and live in the Stone Age and watch, you know, cable TV for a month. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. We we all need to go to North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) They always win the Olympics there. I'm telling you, it's great. Um, <laughs> you know what? I will say this, and, and this is probably the last thing I'll say about Stadia. If they're smart, they will consider other opportunities to achieve what they're trying to do. So if you're getting on Stadia on your Chrome, you should be able to maybe pre-download on your computer and maybe you could have a lot of the assets on your computer and then Stadia can just tell your computer what it needs and pull it so okay okay I maybe like that. something like that could be something good but people's upload sucks so i don't know about that but it's just one of those deals where they they have to they're google they're smart they they have so much going on that we probably don't know about it's just we're skeptical at this point yeah we're just we're just we're just spitballing and talking because they didn't give yeah. us everything they didn't let us know well they gave us some things but they didn't give us everything that they could have at this conference at gdc one question i want to pose to you guys before we move on to kickstart my heart and close out the show if google stadia fails to catch on over the next 12 months after it releases what do we think that's going to do to project x cloud that microsoft is going to be putting out and what and more importantly what do we think that's going to do to whatever apple and amazon are cooking up do we think if stadia fails the other companies may take a step back and wait a while before they try to come out with theirs Or do you think they try to innovate and try to put it out immediately to capitalize on Stadia's failure? Like Johnny said, if if they're smart, they're going to see how Stadia goes. They're definitely going to see how Stadia goes. Okay, because you don't want another Steam box or like Google is one of those people that if Google fails, if if they can't do it, you can't do it. I agree with that. I don't think that Apple's gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 sure. We, we could do Google, if Google failed, we could do it. No, you're not, you're, Apple is not as big as as Google. So you say you're saying if 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 Google Stadia fails, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft may not put out their streaming service for a while, or at least or ever, or, or the, yeah, or at least delay it to the fact that they can find a viable way to pull that off. Because this is gonna be this is gonna be the proving grounds for can this work. If it does work, I expect more than just Google, Apple, Amazon. I expect yeah, there was mom, a mom, no. There I, was, I just mom and pop guys to try these I, things. Out. I saw a rumor today that uh, Walmart was thinking of entering the game streaming service. If this if this works well, <laughs> I said it didn't surprise you. I'm telling you, if if they if Stadia works, expect to see everybody doing it. Expect to see your local cable company trying trying to get in on, on the uh, situation too. And I think that's just going to lead to an oversaturation and and death of streaming services in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, look at how, how it is right now. You, you have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime as your big three. Yep. But you have the DC, you have the DC app. You have Google. Uh, you, have you have Disney. Disney, Plus. Disney. You have CW. You have CBS. Shutter. I mean, because one worked and now everyone has one. So that's how it's going to happen with video games. Just give it time. But there will only be like two or three major players. The rest will of be course, the rest will be supplementary and like 
you know, pretty much non-existent. You never hear about them. You don't hear about Pluto TV that much, but hey, it exists. It's out there. I have it on my Roku, but you don't hear about it that so much. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's free TV. Why, why wouldn't you have it? <laughs> um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, honestly, if Stadia fails, you will not see the death of consoles. No, the consoles are going to thrive off of that, dude. You will see the consoles go nuts and they will be around forever because until the infrastructure of America or EU gets upgraded, which is not going to happen to satisfy this, we will always have a console. And, and I honestly like I would have preferred that Google did release a console. So I am kind of kind of rooting for they'll sell, they'll sell a little box that'll connect your thing something yeah chromecast they already, have, they already have one it's called a chromecast yeah. <laughs> but if they release a chromecast stadia edition that's yeah. beefier and actually has some some ways to help the service out for those people who may be lacking in certain areas then that's something that i could definitely get behind so we'll okay. see it's we'll exciting it. yeah like i'm, ca- I'm cautiously optimistic i am intrigued to see what google does I I want to check the service out. I have the capability. I have fast internet. I have unlimited data caps. Uh, I I have good service. I can. I'm one of the ones that can take advantage of Stadia. So when it comes out, I want to check it out. I want to test it out. I want to give it a shot and see what I actually think upon using the service. And that's really going to dictate yeah. what I think going forward. Um, tune in next week, dude. I'm excited for next week's max level. The first time we're ever going to have a uh, a three person Thunderdome. I'm excited for that. I know Kyle said he already, he, already, he already wouldn't be able to be on the show next week, but uh, uh, Sean, you'll be here and we're going to have some oh, yeah. we're going to have some fun doing Thunderdome. But you know what that sound means? It's not Thunderdome time right now. It's time for a little kickstart my heart. And uh, Frank, Frank, you found a game this week that looks kind of fun, man. You sent this to me earlier today and uh, I'm, I'm super intrigued by this and it's already made its goal. So that's a, that's a positive right there. Uh, it's a 3D sandbox experience where you play as a young scout at summer camp, collecting patches through good deeds or mischievous acts. The name of the game is Scout's Honor. It's the year 20XX, and you are a scout at Evelyn's Summer Camp. In fact, it's the last three days of your summer experience. You find yourself reminiscing about all the friends you've made and all the experiences you've had at camp. But have you really had any? You stare blankly at your journal, filled with one single patch, the one you received on the first day for showing up. Maybe you should step up, maybe you should step up your scout game before showing up at graduation with almost nothing. As I said, Scout's Honor is a 3D sandbox adventure focused around narrative experiences. You've managed to not collect any patches during your time at Camp Evelyn, so it's a race against the clock. Will you spend your time collecting patches or lazing around? Get to know your fellow scouts or not. Explore the surrounding environment, light stuff on fire, uncover a malicious camp secret. Every action counts. So get patching or get packing. Uh, the team took inspiration from Night in the Woods and Animal Crossing, both being games that the, that they said they touched their hearts. Even though this game started out as a student project, the team hopes that, you know, the team hopes to continue development after graduation. There is a lot that they still have planned, so they hope that uh, we will tag along for the ride, which is the reason for the Kickstarter campaign, which I said already did meet its goal. They were only looking for $1,000. Uh, it's sitting at 2,169 with 54 backers. Still 25 days to go as a time of recording, so there's still several time for them to uh, to even get more money for this. So there's a crafting mechanic where you'll be able to craft items to help you during your adventures. Uh, dialogue, learn about your fellow campers by spending time with them. Exploration, questing, obtain patches by doing favors. 
Stuck? Check your journal for hints. Three-day system, so it's kind of like Majora's Mask. Different activities depending on the time of day. And uh, several stretch goals leading up to uh, $40,000. So uh, looks like they're looking for things like a jump mechanic implemented. You can't jump in the game, so it's very much Zelda. Uh, <laughs> uh, so at $5,000, there'll be a jump mechanic implemented. Um, different musical tracks, mini games, additional areas, additional patches. Uh, they said at $35,000, they'll establish a full game company, and the game will also launch on PS4 and Switch at a later date after the PC version, which is cool. And then at $40,000, they will do a, a modeled cabin interior, so you can actually explore every cabin in the game, which would be fun as well. Um, the entry point to get in, if you just want a, a you know basic copy of the game when it comes out, is $10, right? Yeah, Happy Camper, access to the access to the Scouts Honor Discord, digital thank you card, name in the credits, an early copy of Scouts Honor. Frank, you brought this game to my attention, so what are you thinking on it? I'm definitely getting it. I, I you know, if you read down to the bottom, like why they need the money, this is a student game. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want to support you know people who want to make video games, and it, it looks fun. Did you watch the trailer? One of the scouts is like, you know. The camp counselor is a real jerk. I want you to set him on fire for me. Like, <laughs> is that something you would do? Like, I would. Uh, but uh, yeah. So here, it is, here it is, right here. Scouts Honor is a student thesis. Uh, it says it's their passion project and one they plan on continuing after graduation. Uh, so it's very much like uh, TikTok: A Tale for Two, which we recently played here at Leveldown Games on Kyle's Twitch channel. It's on our Leveldown Games YouTube.com. Uh, that was a student game as well, that the that the, those two girls, that was their thesis, TikTok. So to see how successful that was and how much fun we had with it, I have high hopes for Scout's Honor that it maybe could be something similar. Sean, what are you thinking? You know, I didn't get to see too much of this before we recorded, so I, I'm, I've really just kind of fallen in love with the idea of it as we explored it. I think it sounds really cool. I don't know if it appeals to me in a sense that I, I really don't like the idea of camp or anything like that, I, but... It looks like a charming game, and the idea of being able to influence uh, the experience based on what you choose and not choose to do. I love those types of games. So it's it's got a lot of promise to it. I'm excited, and the graphics for being a student thesis. Not bad. They look pretty good. They look pretty good. Is the, uh, is the moon going to come crashing down at the end of day three? You know, I immediately that thought of cool. that when you talked about the game. <laughs> I wonder what a day is like in that game i yeah. wonder what's gonna how make long time does it last fly. exactly how long does it last what how much how many things can you actually do because three days at the end of it it's not a long time but if you know right. if, it, if it is stretched out to where they give you enough time and i'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen is you're there's you look at the journal there's a gift that shows them opening the journal there's a shitload of patches dude so they're going to have to give you as you know at least a decent amount of time uh, it, it does look like a very charming game. You're right. It, it, it looks super fun. And I was never a, uh, a camper when I was a little kid. You know, and I still to this day, I'm not a huge fan of camp, but uh, I, I don't go camping. But I never went to summer camp. I never did anything like that. I was in Boy Scouts for like three years, but I never went to like a camp with that or anything. I just did it through my school. Um, right. This is going to let me live that life a little bit. Frank, were you a camper at all? You know, there was a big camping trip in the fifth grade for my elementary school. That my mother did not let me go on. So you were not a camper um, either. I'm not. I wasn't a camper. I'm glad we didn't go because a lot of people, a lot of kids got sick. So I'm glad. That's good. <laughs> not that not that they got sick, uh, but not that you missed out on getting sick. Uh, I, I'm glad for both. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I still had to go to school. Sure. 
So, Frank, you've pledged, I'm assuming. You you went and jumped in at the $10? $10. I'm, I'm in. Okay. I hope this thing... I, honestly, I would love for them to make the $35,000 mark. Yeah, like let's, let's get them a full company and see the game on PS4 and Switch and Google Stadia. Why not, right? <laughs> might run it. <laughs> Stadia? might run it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stadia can definitely run it. And that's an interesting topic that we didn't actually talk about. A lot of indie developers have been speaking up against Stadia, saying that this is, this is a solution to a problem that we don't have right now because their games, you know, they're not even taking full advantage of modern technology they're not taking advantage of the entirety of what even the switch can do let alone the ps4 and xbox one and pcs and google stadia is touting double the power of ps4 pro and xbox one x this indie studio is like we don't need that type of power right now we're not even <laughs> achieving it so you know a good chunk of studios aren't even so yeah you know scouts on it will definitely run on google stadia uh it, it is a game that i am definitely intrigued by uh and, and i want to check this out they're saying uh Man, they're really saying this year, aren't they? June 2019 is what every June. every every tier says. We'll see if it actually makes this year or not. We'll see if it makes this summer, like I'm saying. But uh, I'm excited for that. Um, they said they, they said they put it out in June uh, in early access, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be adding on to it. Uh, and, and I'm intrigued by that. I think this could be something fun that uh, would be you know just another charming type of an experience. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think that is going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless either of you have anything you wanted to discuss before we get on out of here. No, man, I'm good. All right. Well, that was not exciting then. (laughs) 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 That's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games and subscribe to us there. And while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv slash level down games and click that follow button. We are about literally about to cross uh, 3,300 subs on YouTube. Uh, and, and we literally just hit 3,000 this month. So that, that thing is steadily climbing. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, the, our, our reaction video <laughs> to that Nindy's Direct this week is blowing up, as I said. So that, that's definitely bringing a lot, of, uh, a lot of eyes and hits to the channel, which is nice. Uh, we're not live often on Twitch. Usually when we go live for press conference coverage, it's on our YouTube channel. But if you do want to follow someone that is live on Twitch three nights a week, Tuesday, Thursdays, and uh, Saturdays, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. And check out our cohort, Kyle, as he streams his way through Rocket League and uh, dies often in the Division 2. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Level. (laughs) That's Kyle, what I always do at the end. Yeah, that's why I threw it in for him.